Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus to help us continue to make high quality and tourytainment for you. What came in? The gospel music, uh, the West Indies, the spices, the sugar cane, the sweet potatoes. All this made up this and the incredible repression, but also the incredible heat. Hey everybody, you're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts, I'm Ephraim Jr. And I'm David Anderson. And on today's episode, we're talking about Amazing Grace, Till the Chicken, a B-side from Tori's third album, Boys for Pele. David. Hello, Eve. How are you? I'm I'm in need of, dare I say it, a little grace. Grace <laughs> as it pertains to my life. Grace as it pertains to us getting through this challenging episode. I don't want to set us up for failure, but I feel it's going to be challenging. We it's, need grace. It doesn't have to be amazing. It's funny that you grace. need grace and I need some chicken. Oh, well, yeah. we're a match made in heaven, we as always. We got all sides covered. <laughs> How have you been? Oh my gosh, I feel like it's been forever. It has been. We've just been here on this retreat, not speaking for the last month. <laughs> it's been weird. We've decided to see how awkward we can make it by avoiding contact while sharing a small space. We're back from the dead. I don't know if you've listened to our graveyard episode, but we were dead in that episode. Our afterlife sounded pretty great. Yeah, I mean, we were pretty cool in the afterlife. <laughs> I realized that I was unclear on what gay latino heaven was and i should have asked you more questions i didn't know if that was a place you got to go to where there were a lot of gay latino men for you to enjoy or if you are a gay latino man so you went to your own heaven i when i said gay latino heaven i was thinking about all the hot gay latino men out there i assumed yeah you know me of which you are one amazing to the rest of us (laughs) i thought you were gonna say to the rest to everybody else (laughs) not to me (laughs) hi you look great you look well. This sea air is, is just... that. Are you a humble bragging by complimenting the shirt that you gave me that oh, I'm wearing? No, you but look that's great. A, nice shirt. Where'd you get it? Oh, right. <laughs> that's an amazing shirt, David. I'm wearing a Why Can't Tori Read shirt that I designed. Yes, yes. You can find it on our Instagram. When someone uh, puts a picture on a shirt, do we call that designing? Yeah, I designed it. Okay, I placed it in the center. It could have been on the back. It could have been on the front. I designed it to be on the front in the middle. What an eye. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I also des- I chose the font that Why Can't Tori Reid's going to be in, and it matches perfectly with that picture, doesn't I'm it? I'm kidding. It is really great. And it happens to, like, I feel like the tones really go with the pants that I'm wearing uh-huh. that I just happen to have. Uh-huh. I'm wearing It's a Junior. <laughs> I've been styled by <laughs> Eve tonight. <laughs> when you find something that works, you just stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Amazing Grace. She didn't write it, but it works. <laughs> Right? Done. Oh, my gosh. We've said all we can say. My favorite. We got an email. I want to read this email. We received it December 25th, 2018. Hmm. Christmas. Christmas Day. A voice from the past. And if you remember... Back then, we were releasing the last three episodes of Boys for Pele Proper. So we were just releasing, releasing, releasing. Things Our were advent calendar was on fire. Right. Ugh. Pele's were popping out from every day. And Amy Peake wrote us an email. And I'm going to read an excerpt from that email right now. She says, you've almost made it through Pele. Are you doing B-sides in order? That is crazy. How many are on Pele? Have you thought about just plugging on with the albums and doing the B-sides later? <laughs> no. Or is that cheating? Yeah, that's cheating, Amy. Of course, some of them could be super short, she says. Till the chicken, Tori being her goofy self, bok bok the end. That's how she suggested we do this episode. So I mean, pretty close. Basically. We'll see. Spoiler alert. We don't have a lot for this episode, but we do have some things that we can talk about. For example, we've saved a piece from the George Porter interview that we did during Donut Song. I've saved it for this episode. So we have an exclusive interview with George Porter again. I normally don't care for leftovers, but I think this meal is worth having twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do we have any other guests, David? Um, do we? We tried to find people named Grace. We tried to find people named Chicken. I don't think we tried that hard. But we did try. <laughs> we did try. So We watched an episode of Grace Under Fire. I watched an episode of Robot Chicken. Let's name all the references to chicken we can. Okay, great. Go. Should we have tried to interview the chicken from American Doll Posse? Where is she now? What's the oh lifespan of a chicken? God. Is that chicken dead? Is she retired? Do we think that chicken was stuffed? Was it stuffed? in fact a rooster? I think it was. Uh, well, yeah, it was a rooster. But do we think that rooster was stuffed? Certainly not. There's that... Ooh, do you remember the bonus DVD from the special edition where there's like behind the scenes from the photo shoot? And I think it's like the last shot. doesn't matter. But... She's holding the chicken and like the camera is flashing and she's humming eerily to herself, just holding this live chicken. It's a very strange. I think I want to watch it right now. I do remember that. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it seems like it would be better to hold a stuffed chicken by the neck rather than the live chicken that she's holding. Yeah, but Tori's a real artist. Do you think she's going to work with a stuffed chicken? Do we think that piglet was stuffed? Certainly not. Are you sure? Maybe it's just, maybe it's a legend they made up around a stuffed piglet the pig the pig made an appearance at that breakfast didn't it she like had the pig somewhere i thought really yeah really it could have been any pig but (laughs) (laughs) how would we know racist Uh, (laughs) piggist you're a piggist well good so now that we've covered that all we have left is to just move on with our episode how have you been let's talk about your life let's not okay (laughs) how have i been fine how are you tell me about your life thank you you have a lot going on oh you know always (laughs) We're coming up on Choir Girl Hotel, and I do want to say we're getting very, very close. We're already starting to prepare for Choir Girl Hotel, so keep in mind that that is coming up. So if you have any requests to be on any episodes, please don't leave us hanging without a guest. (laughs) Email us the episode you would like to be on ASAP. Thank you. Or you can call our hotline, 323-296-9955, and leave us a message about any song that touches your heart, and then we'll play that message on that song's episode. That sounds reasonable, right? Just call us anyway, even if you don't want to talk about Choir Girl specifically, although that too, but... 
Yeah, we also have another podcast called Never Shut Up, where you can ask the Torical a question. Every day it's a little pep talk. You can find that anywhere you find this show and ask the Torical a question, and we'll pull a song from the bag of all Tory songs, and we'll answer your question with that song. Oh, it's exciting. Let's let's try it now. Okay. Ask me a question. <laughs> a yes or no question? I'm thinking you should... It doesn't should... have to be yes or no. Okay. Ask me a question. This is what we'll do. We'll ask the songs about one of their sister songs. What do you have to tell us about Amazing Grace, Till the Chicken? Or what should we keep in mind before we dive into this episode? Okay. I'm reaching into this wonderful bag designed by Jillian Doty that's in pristine condition still. Listen. Those are the charms that she sewed into the bag. Okay. So ask the question again while my hand's rifling through the bag. What do you want us to know or what should we keep in mind about your sister song, Amazing Grace, Slash Till the Chicken? Did we decide the slash is silent? Is that, is it just Amazing Grace? I think the Grace? slash must be silent. Okay. <laughs> amazing Grace Till the Chicken comes mm-hmm. home. So zero point. Oh my, heavy. This is the, this is where it all began. <laughs> this is the center of all of the songs about chickens interesting what if it is what if it is i mean amazing grace is a hymn and that's really the center of tori's life that's true is this religious upbringing right yeah so really it all comes back to the church it all comes back to the church and when has she done a church song as part of her official catalog mm. never just to that this point. E- just that excerpt of Oh, four thousand tongues to sing an icicle, but maybe. Maybe that, but it was instrumental. Yes, that's true. Here, she's actually taking the hymn and recording it. It's part of her catalog. It's in her body of work now, and mm-hmm. we have to do an episode on it. So it kind of is zero point. It kind of is from the core of her being in a way that nothing else has been up to this point, right? Yeah, sure. Dang. <laughs> Dang, this bag knows. Shall we say hello to our Patreon supporters? Oh, yeah. Mm. Do we have some? We have new Patreon supporters. Delightful. So hello to Heather Logston, who jumped up to a higher level. Hi, Heather. She's logging it. That's not funny. Log those donations, girl. Hello to our new Patreon supporter, Andre Aspare. Andre 3000. I need the list ahead of time. I'm not a slam poet. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Aspare, I think. Sounds beautiful. I like it. It sounds like a Latin spell of some kind. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Or like a snake, like a asp. Cleopatra and her asp. Yes. Also, hello to Hosby. Hi, Hosby. Ho, ho, Hosby? No. Hosby keeper. I must see the Hosby keeper. (laughs) (laughs) Sup, Brosby. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Sup, Brosby. Hello to... Stephen Rains, who upped his pledge. Hi, Stephen. I'm only happy when it rains. I'm only happy when it's Stephen Rains. Welcome back to one of our dear listeners and supporters. She reaches out a lot and we love her. Aurora Aris. Hi, Aurora. I love when they come back. Me too. It's like a it's like a hug. It's like an old friend. <laughs> oh, welcome back, friend. <laughs> Hello to Mary Farah. Hi, Mary. You're so pretty. It's not Farah. She's the Farah of them all. Alicia Harper, who jumped up to our highest level. Hi, Alicia. We are so grateful for your contribution. We're so grateful for everybody's contribution. All of those who've stuck with us throughout the years, all of those who continue to support us, we cannot do it without you. Hello to Brie O'Brien. Do you like a soft cheese? No, you can't eat cheese. All the Brie's for me. Lindsay Nettleton, friend of the show and wonderfully talented musician in her own right, Mm. who hopefully will be sending us some covers soon for the Choir Girl era. I'd love to get caught in her net. Tolton. Tolton. (laughs) Sorry, I jumped jumped the gun. 
Cast a wide Nettleton. Natalie Madison Taylor, who we love, who we adore. She's a supporter of the show already, but she jumped up to a higher level. Hi, Natalie. Whatever happened to Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Natalie Madison Taylor Thomas? <laughs> yeah. Nat- Natalie Madison Jonathan Taylor Thomas? <gasps> you think Thomas? they got married? Is he Na- gay? I don't know. I don't know. He went to my high school. I should have asked him. We should ask Natalie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Christian Malam, who jumped up to a higher level. Hi, Christian. Christian's been with us for a very long time, and we love her. Those beautiful Malams. I want to smash the faces of those beautiful Malams. Those Christian malums. <laughs> that was a good... I mean, it took a while to get there, David, but you got there. It was worth the wait. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. Again, thank you to everyone who supports us in any way. Joining us on social media, liking us on Instagram, reviewing our show on iTunes, listening to all our shows. We're now on Spotify, David. Oh, my God. I'm, we've entered the 2000s. I know. <laughs> so you can type any song on Spotify Say you want to hear, I don't know, you have a hankering to hear Donut Song, right? So you type in Tori Amos Donut Song on Spotify. Not only will all the Donut Songs that are on Spotify from Tori Amos come up, but so will our episode on Donut Song. I think it's very exciting because I listen to Spotify all day, every day. I can't wait to see what kind of new listeners we're going to rope in with that fateful spinning of the wheel. Someone enters Donut Song. What's this? Drive all night. What's that? Anyway, thank you to Shay Stymack, our research team. Thank you to Jen Buchanan who we love, who's no longer on our research team because she developed a career. We always love to see sisters doing it for themselves. So get it, Jen Buchanan. We, we wish you all the best. to see sisters doing it for us. But if they can't, <laughs> do it for yourself. Do it for yourself, Jen. Congratulations. Thank you so much for all your service to us. Okay, let's start this episode out with a cover. This is an electronic violin cover of Amazing Grace by Joe A. Ram. Hi, David. Hi. How was your break? It was just the right length. <laughs> Great. I'm very happy for you. Mm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Amazing Grace, the hymn, first. You want to start there? Okay. Amazing Grace is a Christian hymn, and I'm reading directly from my notes, which were pulled directly from Wikipedia. Amazing Grace is a Christian hymn published in 1779 with words written by the English poet and Anglican clergyman John Newton. 
Newton wrote the words from personal experience. He grew up without any particular religious conviction, but his life's path was formed by a variety of twists and coincidences that were often put into motion by others' reactions to what they took as his recalcitrant insubordination. I've had a nickel for every time I've heard that about me. Can you please read this in a Maggie Smith voice? I think it requires it. Your re- recalcitrant insubordination. That is not Maggie Smith. It's more like the made from different strokes, but that'll I, work too. Are you talking about Charlotte Ray? No, you about, no. Oh, oh, sorry. When I'm talking about Charlotte Ray, you'll know it. There were three different maids on different strokes. Are you talking about the one at the end? Adelaide? I thought her name was Pearl. Pearl, was, yeah. yeah. Adelaide was the older, yes. old one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Back to John Newton, he was pressed into service in the Royal Navy, and after leaving the service, he became involved in the Atlantic slave trade. In 1748, a violent storm battered his vessel off the coast of of County Donegal, Ireland, so severely that he called out to God for mercy, a moment that marked his spiritual conversion. He continued his slave trading career until 1754 or 1755, when he ended his seafaring altogether and began studying Christian theology. So she's at her house in Kinsale County, Cork, right? Check. So let's get back to zero point. Not only is she going back to a hymn, but in the recording, she tells George Porter, wait, 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 wait. Before we do that one, let's do something that the angels know. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's start at zero, right? I thought of that while you were in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) How long was I in there? For a very long time. Well, your soap is great, but you got to lay off that combination shampoo and conditioner. Just saying. I like Perk Plus. (laughs) Anyway, I'll get to the meat. Ordained in the Church of England in 1764, Newton became curate of only Buckinghamshire, where he began to write hymns with poet William Cowper. Amazing Grace was written to illustrate a sermon on New Year's Day in 1773. It is unknown if there was any music accompanying the verses. It may have simply been chanted by the congregation. It debuted in print in 1779 in Newton and Cowper's only hymns, but settled into relative obscurity in England. In the United States, however, Amazing Grace was used extensively during the Second Great Awakening in the early 19th century. It has been associated with more than 20 melodies, but in 1835, it was joined to a tune named New Britain, to which it is most frequently sung today. With a message that forgiveness and redemption are possible regardless of sins committed and that the soul can be delivered from despair through the mercy of God, Amazing Grace is one of the most recognizable songs in the English-speaking world. After Cornflake Girl. Author Gilbert Chase writes that it is without a doubt the most famous of all folk hymns. And Jonathan Aiken, a Newton biographer, estimates that it is performed about 10 million times annually. So while it didn't originate in County Cork, it was through this storm in Ireland that he changed his ways because he was afraid of dying and he realized all his sins and transgressions. And that's where he called out to God for mercy, which is what this song is about. So I have to think that the seeds came from Ireland. She's performing it in Ireland. She's getting to a zero point. We pulled zero point. Coincidence? I think not. This is kind of like the shadow side. The story of Amazing Grace is kind of the shadow side of Flying Dutchman too, isn't it? Talk more about that. Isn't the story of the Flying Dutchman as Rance schooled us on the show Mm -hmm. about a sailor who was in a storm, who was calling out to God for help and help didn't come. Mm -hmm. So he was like, well, I guess I'll try someone else and called (laughs) on the devil who did appear. 
and then the price he had to pay was wandering as kind of like a ghost ship on the seas for the rest of eternity or something like that so sad it was better the way he told it yeah but also his version was concise on the side of a cup from a restaurant or something (laughs) right right? so (laughs) that's true from long john silver i think yeah the bard of long john silver I always massacre his words. How, what is your relationship to hymn music or to Christian music or hymnals? I know you grew up very religious. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm certainly familiar with a lot of hymns and I know this song clearly, but I don't remember it being something I would consider a standard or even something that we ever sang at church. I have always, for whatever reason, thought of this song as something aligned with the Southern Baptist tradition. And that's why I'm surprised to hear about kind of the lineage of it. I always assumed wrongly that it was distinctly American and it was a very American hymn, again, sort of tied to the South. And I I think that part's true in the sense that it is now. And it also makes sense why it would have cropped up for Tori while she was recording Pele, given that she Mm -hmm. was kind of all about exploring the roots of Southern music during this period. But um, it has quite a history that I wasn't aware of. I can't say that I've ever thought too much about it. I, I remember hearing it when I was a kid. I think it was in a show. There was a show called Rags to Riches. And I think that someone sang Amazing Grace at some point during that. And that's my first memory of it but it might have been another show around that time i feel like i've always known it not the whole song but that first verse i love how you casually peppered in there was a show called rags to riches like maybe you've heard of it as if you haven't made me watch three episodes of that show on this retreat just saying david we were preparing for amazing grace <laughs> i didn't even know it we had to that's research. why you're such a good teacher thank you you're like i teach people things they're learning and they don't even know it right. <laughs> until they turn around exactly <laughs> see you're, you think you're gonna watch a show about about six orphan girls singing and dancing in the 60s, but really you're doing research for your Tori Amos podcast. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Grace. Oh. <laughs> How come everybody knows the first verse only? I don't know. Are you going to tell me? No. I'm throwing topics out there. <laughs> that one didn't stick, y'all. I'm going back to the history of the song. And don't you think it's interesting that the lyrics have been associated with, I think you said, 20 melodies or mm-hmm. more over the years? I do find that really interesting. You know what we should do? What? We should give each other song melodies and take turns trying to sing Amazing Grace give to that melody. Give me one right now. Um, 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 oops, I did it again. Uh, may, zing, grace, yeah, how yeah, sweet. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, grace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I see what you're doing. Okay, do it again. Give me another one. You prepared that earlier while Amazing I was Amazing Grace happened. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Give me one. I want to do one. Mm-hmm. Mine are never as funny. You did give one. I just gave you one. Uh, you get to do it. Give me another one. Hate Hang this on. Game. I hate this game bitch i i cave i fold you win this hand i'm a grace i'm a chicken i don't know it's not it's not i can't do this i'm a b-side i'm an improv um (laughs) yeah no oh well um so amazing grace it is really interesting that there are other melodies to the song right because you never i've never heard it in another melody i don't think i have either and it's also reminding me of um Tori talking about Midwinter Graces, uh-huh. she, you know, sort of explores how the specifically Methodist hymnal, but maybe other denominations too, are melodies adapted from secular yeah. songs. Yes. And they were like in a pinch, like, oh, we need our own songbook. Mm-hmm. We'll just steal their melodies and set the lyrics to them. That's kind of what's happening here. Yeah. That these these words were sort of married with different melodies over time before kind of becoming the more established or popular version that we all know. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting observation, link between the two. Um, it's kind of what she did on that Christmas album or right. on the Solstice album. 
It's her. It's the way of her people. Yeah, she was workshopping it at this point. Yes. Her own spin on things. Yeah. What if I add a Christmas chicken? No. <laughs> Scratch that. Knowing what we now know about Amazing Grace, you want to talk a little bit about Till the Chicken? Sure. This is a quote from Upside Down Fanzine issue number seven. Are you ready? And this is one of the few things she's ever said about it. I did Amazing Grace Till the Chicken in Ireland with a bunch of people that were just hanging out in the county cork. Till the Chicken is a spoof of Past the Mission because Past the Mission became Past the Chicken. That I knew. And she talks about it later and several years later. And we'll, we'll do that one in a minute. But what do you think? When exactly did Past the Mission become Past the Chicken? I think in conversation, probably while they were recording, probably while, let's do Past the Chicken. Past the Chicken. Probably Steve Caton probably said something. You know how he's like, let's do the donut song. Because I can't remember, what's it called? Beyond the Pale? Right. So it became Past the Chicken. You think they just get tired of referencing the same titles over and over? That's why they called it from the Choir Boy Hotel. I know. Or do you remember Unplugged when Spark ev- eventually became Spank? Spank? On the set list. No. They would type it as Spank <laughs> and Black Glove. Also not particularly Black funny, Glove? but they were just bored, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Doing 187 shows a year. You right. gotta You got to have some fun, Spank. huh? Spank. You're having a wild time. Black Glove? <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> you did what, Spank? This is a formal event. Black Glove. <laughs> Uh, I love this retreat. (laughs) So what do you think about that quote? Without that quote or without that tidbit from Tori, we would never make that connection. We would like, if we just had Amazing Grace till the chicken, we'd never be like, oh, I get it. Right. She's referencing or it's a spoof of past the mission. I would argue that it's not. Well, I don't think what I get from the quote in the quote, she says till the chicken is a spoof of Past the Mission because Past the Mission became Past the Chicken. I don't think it's a spoof of the song. I think it's a spoof of the title. Imagine you have Past the Mission and you just always call it Past the Chicken. And then you're referring to the chicken. You're not referring to the song. Oh, I get it. I get it. I still think it's had to be there, but okay. (laughs) Very had to be there. Till the little chicken come home. Till the little mission come home. Well, I guess we'll dive into it. Dare we? We should. Are we sure that there's no variation on the melody from past the mission. Like there's no hint of it. It's strictly a reference to the title and that well, inside joke. I mean, should we do it now or should we wait to read this other quote? I don't think we're there yet. There's another quote. Open the oven door. No, it's not done. Remember that chicken that she made for Trent Reznor? Remember Talk about how that often her st- answer to the simple question, do you cook? Are you a good cook? Changes based on the day. Right. Some days she says, yeah, I'm a great cook, or I make amazing cheese sandwiches. And other days she says, no, I don't cook. I tried to make chicken once, and it turned into a haunted ghost chicken in the Manson Tate murder house or <laughs> right. whatever the hell she right. says. Right. Or when she goes on Greg Kinnear, wasn't it? Where she had like that half hour. Yes. And he, he asks asked her, and she says, yeah. yeah. And she makes a face like, I'm of course. Cook. Duh. And then Steve Caton in his interview said that she was, they were recording the guitar parts for little earthquakes and she was in the kitchen making pasta but the way he said it i think i felt like he was saying like that's all she could make <laughs> but that's all <laughs> she I could. boiled that's... water and opened a jar of ragu done <laughs> mm, that sounds good delicious i'm just in retreat mode i guess everything's a trough just give me <laughs> everything comes in a trough <clears throat> give me pasta give me bread give me myself again <laughs> <laughs> 
We are not drunk. This retreat has everything but alcohol. Okay, let's get serious, David, because this is not what the people are here for. Tori actually talks about Pass the Chicken on Legs and Boots on an official recording. Can you believe that? This is an improv that we're going to... There's not really any live section, so we're just going to incorporate it here because it's officially part of the quotes section. It gives a little insight. So this is an improv that she did in Melbourne, Florida on November 18th, 2007. Can you believe the doll posse was so long ago? I just... Ugh, time flies. Anyway, here it is. It's called Improv Pass the Chicken. Mom's coming over, mom's coming over, mom's coming over to dinner tomorrow. Mom's coming over, mom's coming over, mom's coming over tomorrow. She's bringing chicken, my fried chicken, it's my favorite. Oh, I'll say, pass the chicken and now I'll pretend that I am one. Oh, yeah, I'll say, pass the mission. No, pass the chicken, and I'll think all about. Oh, every time I had to be a little girl and eat my fill, and then I think, oh my god, I'm so full, but I just pass the chicken, mama. Pass it all again. Now my little girl is thinking, oh my god. This is the best chicken and I ever that I put to to put to put to put to put to Insightful. I've never felt so seen. What do you think? In typical Tory fashion, she captures the way I'm feeling <laughs> in just a line or two. I'm so full, but past the chicken. But past the chicken. Past the mission. Nope. Past the chicken. So it's still in her head. She's so pleased with herself. She well, can hardly stand when it. When you refer to something as past the chicken for your entire life, it's all just going to stick in your head. Yeah. So I thought She's that was cute. wildly unpredictable as always. 11 years after the fact. Right. Yeah. She decides to revisit this for absolutely no reason. It's like the day that she randomly played Posse Bonus. Except right? for the fact that Shaggy asked her for it 30 times. 10 years prior. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's wildly unpredictable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we hear from George Porter? I always want to. Okay. Let's call him up in the past. Beep, 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 beep. Did you, do you recall uh, any of the songs or any uh, particular moments in the recording that you were, were, that you were fond of or that stick out to you? Well, the thing I think I thought we had fun is, um, I believe it, it was, I believe it might have been her acoustic bass. No, it wasn't acoustic bass at all. It was, I was playing my electric bass. We were sitting, sitting in the hallway, uh, um, just playing, you know, playing and singing, uh, like sitting on the steps or something. I don't know how, I, I can't picture, I can't remember that picture, but I think that's how that chicken, that chicken thing came, came about. Okay, tell me all about um, that, because we're, that's something we all want to know about. <laughs> what was that like? Tell me everything. <clears throat> well, uh, it seemed to me, it was just like, we were just sitting down playing, and, and next thing I know, because, see, I did, as I remember, I believe there's a there was a young lady there recording with a video camera. Yeah, Nancy Bennett. Hand-held. Nancy Bennett from yeah. Atlantic Records. Yeah, and I, you know, and she never did send me a copy of that. She said she was going to send me a copy of that raw footage because it was so cool 
just the two of us just sitting there playing and laughing. Was, <laughs> oh wow! It was like it was nuts. I don't remember. I can't even. I can't even envision the song at this point. But I just remember that we 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 were just sitting there playing and laughing, and uh, and 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 the, the well, I mean, the, the, everything was, was acoustic. It was it was my I was playing my my bass with no no amp or nothing. It was just playing my bass, and um and Tori was just playing the piano. It was like, you know, that was what we did, you know, put that particular piece of music. Yeah. That's so great. Now, I, I don't remember if we went, I don't remember if we went in the studio and did it again. I don't, I don't remember if it, it was actually done again. Uh, I mean, I believe that it was just, unless, unless the piano she was playing on was mic'd and, uh, and, and, you know, and they just, they took my bass line from the videotape, I'm guessing. I'm not sure. I don't remember. <laughs> So you don't think you did it? Think that's how it was. I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's know. on the recording, it sounds totally improv. It sounds so fresh. It doesn't sound like it, you're, you know, trying to do something you've done before. It just sounds fun and exciting. Then that's what it. Then 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 the recording of that song was done directly from that camera. They mastered that camera. Because I believe that's the, as I can believe, now maybe Tori made no difference, but uh, maybe there's the, there were mics in the room that, that picked up that, with the bass line, but that, that bass was not plugged into an amplifier. I remember that so well. Because wow. um, somebody, I remember some, one of the girls saying, anything. do you often just, just play your bass like that all the time? It's, it sounds so nice. In that, in that hall, in that room, where, in that place where we were sitting at, the, uh, the the bass just resonated really well. It was it was kind of cool. Oh, George. 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 If the angels are gonna come in, George, you better dial a number the angels know. Nine seven six. The angels don't know my number. No. Let's get into the line by line, shall All right. we? All right, let's do it. Do you want to start the line by line with the spoken word intro? Yes. Okay. Here we go. I, mean, I forgot my part, bro. I'm sorry. You know, y'all gotta <laughs> forgive me. I'm not used to having all these people around me while I'm playing something as sensitive oh, as the I blues. So. <laughs> all right, so they were cutting something else, right? Something bluesy. Mm-hmm. Could have been donut song. Could have been sister named Desire. It could have been sister named Desire. That's true. Yeah, that's pretty bluesy. Absolutely. Cool. Let's do it one more time. Yeah. You feel all right? Yeah, I do. I want to do that. You got one more in your voice? We should do another one first. I don't know. I wish we had an expert, someone who specialized in... Earthside dissection. Someone with a special focus, insight, and knowledge into obscure B-sides and rarities. Someone with a word scalpel. Someone whose ability exactly to cut right to the heart of the Mm. matter and shed light on things. Oh, well, I know just the fella. His name is Jared Good, and he was on our Samurai episode. He's better than good. He's gooder. He's Jared Great. And here's what he said on the Samurai episode about Pass the Chicken. Okay, and the Tilda Chicken thing, because he was talking about how they were also kind of just like jamming, and maybe it had just been like room mics, but picked everything up mm-hmm. um keeping that in mind and sort of like looking at the recording of Phil the chicken and then looking at the recording of samurai at first i was like mm, could this have all sort of happened in the same place or you know at the same setup it does seem more like i don't know even like i mean it's hard to say because Phil the chicken has been like officially remastered and samurai has not so that automatically it's going to sound a little different but samurai feels like it could be a little bit roomier overall so i don't know i I was just curious because you know at the end she's like we need to cut this one too or cut that one too or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh 
And of course, that could all, it may not have actually all gone together and they might have just kind of dropped it in there. But, um, like, is it possible that they maybe like improvised the Tilda Chicken stuff um, and then ended up like cutting it in a more true like studio situation while, while everyone was like around watching? Because, like, even going into Amazing Grace, like, it implies that they had already kind of worked on it and they were going to, like, do it again. Because mm-hmm. she's like, well, we need to do something else first. It just, I don't know, that made me feel like, okay, they already, like, gone through Tilda Chicken a bit. And, like, you know, that was them just kind of, like, using Amazing Grace to, like, lead into a little more, like, finely tuned uh, version of whatever they had been kind of riffing. Uh, so I think that's very likely that this was an improv when they were jamming some other location. And now they're going to cut this one and record this one. And it, it follows with Tori saying, I want to do that one that they had already done once before. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to uncover a scandal here. Because I, you thought it was an improv. Well, yes. I think this gives us some insight into her tendency to sell things or try to pass things off as an improv when maybe they've shown themselves before in some form or another, but oh, it's yeah. not always the first time. Well, I feel like maybe the lyrics are totally improv. She didn't write it down or anything, probably. The lyrics are kind of wild. Right. We'll get there. So I think that maybe they got till the little chicken come home, mm-hmm. and then they just did that part again. Yeah. I want to know what they were doing when you had to ask her, do you have one more in your voice? Cause God, I hope it was Professional Widow. <laughs> and there's a bunch of people just sitting oh, yeah. in a semicircle watching her screech. <laughs> I mean, that would also make sense why she would say, the angels don't know this song, George. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure the angels don't know Professional Widow. You're right. He's on it. It's got some BS. What if they were doing Widow? That'd be great. How's your church? Did you go to church? <laughs> what does she mean by how's your church? Are you familiar with church music? Mm. I speak Tori. <laughs> how's your church repertoire, right? Your book, your church yes. book. Yes. How's your I church? See. Like, how's your popular? How's your blues? How's your easy listening? How's your R&B? Yes. How's your church? As Got a genre. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm. David. Cutting right to the heart. If the angels is going to come in, we should sing the song. The angels know, George. They don't know this song. <laughs> Edith Bunker's coming back. They don't know this song. Is this what started it? Yes. If the Angels is going to come in, George. 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 <laughs> they don't know professional widow. They don't know this song. Peace, love, and a what? A what? what? I'm getting to the bottom of this. I really think that they were doing professional widow. I think be. maybe the cock got her thinking about chickens of a different sort. Maybe. The way her mind works. Yeah. You can say. Okay. Uh, and also, we'll, why did we never get a, a version of Professional Widow performed by Pip where she was brandishing a rubber chicken? Mm. It kind of seems like the thing she would do. Or the li- Pip would have brought out the live chicken. It oh, would have yeah. been very awkward. Do you think she would have gone like Ozzy Osbourne and bitten its head off? Amazing grace How's we The sound That I mean, salvation, there's nothing better than salvation or forgiveness, right? I mean, when I've been in times in my life where I've needed forgiveness and just the mercy of the universe, and when it's come, it's such a great relief, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, it's Tori's, a universal feeling. Tori's doing her Tori thing here, though. This isn't a straight ahead performance, right? I think you can even hear it the way she's holding her jaw. There's like a sarcasm 
she's delivering this with, mm. I think. But also doing her little, like, I'm going to make a sexy thing for no reason. <laughs> mm. I've never picked up on that. Let's listen to it again. Oh. I don't I don't get sarcasm, but I definitely get like no, I get a sexiness though. I get like a I think that too, but there's also the sarcasm of, you know, all the atrocities that have been done in the name of this so called grace that I don't need because I'm an unrepentant Geraldine. (laughs) You think she's thinking of unrepentant Geraldine's now? I think she always is. She always (laughs) Always has been and always is. Never could, never did. And the piano's kind of like spooky. That's a little embarrassing. I think when you're playing something as sensitive as the blues, you just feel the musicians in the room. If you're feeling musicians in the room, you might need to do some harassment training. I'm assuming that's a metaphorical blindness, or do we think that Grace cured his blindness? I mean, maybe a little from column A, maybe a little from column B, but metaphorical for sure. Like I've seen the light. Mm-hmm. I've seen the way. I still don't think it's sarcastic because I don't know that Tori's ever done a hymn or a piece of religious music in a sarcastic way. I mean, she'll do it in a sexual way, right? Like she did with the icicle hymn. She sexualized that in a way. I guess sarcasm isn't the right word, but it somehow manages to hold the weight of her history with yeah. this music. Okay. okay, I get that for sure. Like, there's a and lot there. And it's certainly not all positive. Right. There's a lot there. Yeah. Okay. What do we think that means? I think that's very on brand for Tori, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's finding some sort of solace or comfort in this hymn, but it's also the religion that has torn her up in certain ways, right? Certainly, yeah. So there's mm-hmm. that dichotomy in salvation or in religion or in Christian music, mm-hmm. at least. That it's so beautiful, but that it's saying something kind of terrible sometimes. Yeah, and just in, again in terms of sort of the origins of the song, the biblical God, particularly the Old Testament God, is a God to be feared mm-hmm. and respected. Yeah. That's very on point. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't need to be said, but she's vamping on the original a little there by adding her little... But still, how precious. precious. So the original lyrics are, how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed? The moment I believed in it 
how precious it was to me. And then I, it wore off after that first hour. No, it's like I Chinese mean, the, grace. It, from I was the, hungry again. I think what I think what he's saying is from the moment it, he believed it saved him. Like that first moment. You're right. That's better. When away. Ten thousand years. Do you think there's any nod to Amazing Grace in Ode to the Banana King? Uh, yeah, maybe parts one through three. <laughs> no, just part one. Well, one through four now yeah. with Edge of the Moon. Bright shining, sad house, his son, So the original lyric is when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, but then she throws in his sun. She's staying faithful, but she's doing her flourishes, vamping on whatever she's singing. Important to note that that's a line that's not in the original hymn. I know that sweet grace has appeared and now she'll bring me home. She personalizes. She makes grace a woman. She will bring me home. I think that's very on point with Boys for Pele somehow. Mm-hmm. Right? She's She found her woman. She's been led to her woman. Yes. Some aspect, some feminine aspect of the divine yeah. has finally shown itself. Yeah. Or been found. Or it been was found. there all along, Eve. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, that is past the mission. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so the answer's that. I want to say, before we move on to Till the Chicken, I think that Amazing Grace is a really beautiful song. I mean, Controversial. I, is it a controversial statement? <laughs> yeah. Pretty song is pretty. There, I said it. <laughs> I see. I see what you're saying. I'm not a religious person. I never grew up religious. I don't have anything against it. It just never held any place in my heart. But for some reason, that song is very moving. You find when it it's comforting? Right. No. Or how would you describe it? I don't find it comforting. Like, I would never turn to it if I needed comfort. Like, I wouldn't play it. I wouldn't sing it. When someone's singing it live, and there are a couple times where Tori's singing it live, that it, it's it's moving that they are finding comfort in it, kind of. Or that they're so open about needing salvation or praising being saved. I find that moving. Not the song, I guess, itself, but the act of someone singing the song. Mm. Because that's a vulnerable, it's a heavy emotion in that song. It is. I. This could totally be untrue, but I feel like it's most often sung as part of a funeral service. Maybe. As opposed to like a, a standard church service. Yeah. That's why she wanted to cut it, I think, because she wanted to get that little past the mission riff in there. Mm. Mm-hmm. We see you, Amos. This is our church, George. <laughs> this is our church this David. is our church george i can you know she's like rubbing up in the pew we're looking for new members did you fill out our guest book Ooh, get the collection plate here comes the chicken <laughs> if you guys had seen that david had his hand on his hip but he was sitting but he was still gyrating on the couch with his little hand on his hip 
That's how we do it. That's how we it. musicians right. spend a lot of our time sitting, have to learn how to perform using our whole body. This is our church, David. So some say she got green enough field. Some say she got green enough field. I find that to be really sexual. How green is her valley? Kind of. Pretty like, green. Yeah. Lush. I think that's a reference to like she's old enough. What do you think? Yeah, now that you mention it. And some say she got a too many strings. So some say she's old enough, and some say she's too old. She's got too many strings. So, hmm. With petticoats sound and going hogan. So the published lyrics, I don't know where they've come from because they're not in the lyrics book and they're not in the booklet for Boys for Pele, obviously, the remaster. I'm pulling them from online, but Lord knows where they found them. Mm. She says online they have with petticoats on and going hall gown, going hall gown, the gown for going down the hall. I mean, it gets chilly sometimes. I got my going hall gown on. Maybe it's going Hogan. The sweetest nylon, no, not where she's gone. Sweetest nylon, no, not where she's gone. That's cute to call someone as little the sweetest nylon. The quickest girl in the frying pan, the sweetest nylon. The sweetest nylon, like ladies wear? Yeah, like a hmm. nylon. You're my sweetest little nylon. Hmm. No, not where she's gone. The sweetest nylon, no. You want to hear another quote? Who's it from? This is from the dent.com. And it's under a picture of Tori and George. This is from the, like 1998 era. The first person to tell me that George Porter Jr. was part of Tori's from the Quargo Hotel album was Tori file Samuel Merritt Stevens. Samuel heard about it from the Times newspaper in New Orleans. George has been part of the New Orleans music scene for over 30 years. You can also hear George cutting up on the Tory B-side Amazing Grace Till the Chicken. Till the Chicken was inspired by George's mom Nala, who did a lot of cooking during the Pele sessions. Tori thanks her somewhere on the credits in the album. George is on the Tory B-side Samurai as well. What do you think about that? We're getting more origin story on this chicken. So Nala was there while they were recording in Nalins. Feeling that flavor, the flavor of the deep south. Nylon, Nala. You think she's really saying Nala? Well, his mom's name is Nala. Yeah. The sweetest Nala, no, not where she's gone. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You cracked That's it. That's amazing. It is. It makes way more sense. So I think that's really interesting. The sweetest Nala. I do too. You've got it. Cute. Makes it clear how difficult it is to decipher Tory lyrics just based on what we're hearing. Right. And you know what we should do as part of the choir lead up to the choir girl era? Maybe Tell me. we talked about this because it seems like an idea we've had before. Tell me. We should play Siren for people who've never heard it and ask them to write down what they think they're hearing, what they think the lyrics are. Oh my are. God, I love it. I love that idea. I remember that being the first instance, really. <laughs> Where you were like, what the Yeah, fuck? like here and there, certain words, like you have to check back in the day. But I remember that was the first time where it was, all, it felt like almost the whole song. Not Till the a, Chicken? Was in a different language. Not Till the Chicken? I don't know, maybe. I mean, I'm friends with Nala, so. I didn't want to rob you of that moment of discovery. Oh, fine. and wrangle his because she's gone, she's gonna raise his tail and wrangle his wings. We're talking about the chicken now. Oh, I see. Yeah. Some say she got 
Plenty of stockings. So the lyrics, as they're printed online, some say she's got plenty of stockings. Which I heard I style, but okay. I think since we've decided that it's about Nala and she was inspired by Nala's fried chicken, then maybe the stock is chicken stock or whatever stock Nala uses in the seasoning of her delicious fried chicken. And so some say she got some divas and cream. What? Some well, divas and cream? Divas and Kramer. Kramer of Seinfeld fame? It's funny that you asked that because I did search for divas and Kramer on Google and all I found was a poker divas press release that the Kramer Law Firm was hosting the first ever woman's poker night. But that was in 2007, so I don't think that's what she's talking about. There was never a woman's poker night until 2007? <laughs> Not in that town. Do you think Tori was glimpsing into the future when she yes. performed this? Mm, I'm getting something. The first woman's poker night will take place on the night of January 13th, 2007. November. That is all. November, end of the year. November 2007. <laughs> Mecca like a high. Can I just say that Tori's line delivery there of whatever she's actually saying, there's such conviction. Mm -hmm. She's saying nothing. <laughs> and it's also oddly sexual. Maybe and you she know, just watched she's an episode like of Seinfeld. Feeling herself. That's the kind of moment that leads to something like the SNL parody. <laughs> Fine. It's an improv. Dave so. in cream. I think she's saying cream. That's what I hear too. Like like peaches and cream. Yeah. But Divas came out and reminded her of peaches and mm -hmm. cream. So or like, maybe it's devils and cream. Like she uses cream. Nala uses cream in some kind of area of the food. And the devils come because it's so sinful and delicious that maybe it's devils and cream. She uses devils and cream in her cooking. It just shows you that you can't trust these internet lyrics. Yeah. Why you Shaking her trail? I think she meant to say tail. And in fact, they've been kind enough online to recon and write shaking her tail. I don't know. I shake my trail every day. I know it's not the correct lyric, but I still think it's cute to call someone a nylon. A sweetest nylon. I thought for years it was nylon. I can't just let it go so easily. If you love a nylon, you gotta set it free. Let and it run. That's a thing. Go. I can't help but notice that George Porter has a microphone that he's singing into. Yeah. Interesting, right? I mean, unless his bass is mic'd and he's really flexible. Like leaning and over. he's leaning into his bass mic. Or he stood up because the bass mic is mic'd into the amp. Mm. So the bass mic is stationary as is the amp. But sure. he's free to move. So maybe he's wandered over to the piano and he's singing with her in that mic. And maybe that's what oh they did. Oh my God, that would drive her insane <laughs> if oh. someone invaded her space like that. Only if it's Maynard from Tool. <laughs> no, he was invited. He's like a vampire. But only for one verse. Right. Can I but you, you Damien Rice, sit over there. Lower his vocals. I feel maybe he wandered over. And I feel like maybe in the original improv of Till the Chicken, that's, that's what they're trying to capture is him vocalizing these little parts. 
and they thought it was fun. I think they're just having fun. And I think... I'm glad they are. I think that Paul Roy's right. Maybe there are... Mm, I never want you to say that again. <laughs> maybe there is no sense to these lyrics, but I don't believe it. Let's continue to try to make sense of them. Is he sounding? Is he trying to emulate a chicken? Is he trying to sound like a chicken right there? It sounded sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, then why is he just going bok bok the end? You don't embarrass yourself by doing a parody of a chicken. <laughs> it's the essence of chicken right. without being too on the nose. Do not embarrass me during this, George. And that slow, deliberate snapping is making me as uncomfortable as when people try to clap along to take to the sky. And it's like <laughs> just, just stop it. No. Just stop it. You're gonna get off beat. No, not where he's gone. I'm gonna raise a his tights. I have to say, I love moments like this where you can hear her foot stomping in the background. You just hear her like keeping the time, and I can imagine like she's shaking it. <laughs> I love that. Even in like live, I love when she's just like kicking her heel. Yeah, you're yeah. easy to please. Just stomp your foot. Happy. Can I tell you something embarrassing? Always. That these lyrics are reminding me of, oddly. Sure. I was driving home the other night and Little Earthquakes came on Shuffle, the song, not the album. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure, I'll listen to it. And I realized just sort of without even thinking about it, I was singing along absentmindedly and I sang Yellow Bird Flying Get Shot in the Wang. Oh, you did? And I laughed out loud at myself. Oh, that's funny. And then I moved on. I was listening to Little Earthquakes the other day as well to the uh, studio version and I was singing the improvs from the To Venus and Back version. Should I wait just like you are? Just like you are. No, I feel you in my head. No, I feel you in my head. Obviously, she's cracking herself up. I know. Or George could be cracking herself. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, right. You think George Porter Jr. doesn't know the difference between a chicken and a cat? He didn't say pass out the chicken meow. He's meow, 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 meow. <laughs> I want you to do Amazing Grace to the tune of the Meow Mix cat song. Do it like Jingle Cats. Meow, 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 Tepid smattering of applause. I have counted five applauses. Five different sets of hands clapping. Oh. I've identified five different tonalities. This is a very strange skill you have. Listen. <laughs> Maybe six, but at least five. Name all five people in that room. Mark. Mark. Marcel. Marcel. John Witherspoon. Rob Van Tuen. Caden. All right. <laughs> we did it. We win. <laughs> Um, well, I feel like I've gotten to know that song much better. Mm. Um, I'm never going to... Would you hang out with her again? Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely would. I actually really like Till the Chicken. I think it's fun in a way that Tori rarely is. Like, it's just playful. And she's playful with another musician. And because she doesn't really collaborate too often with outside musicians, you don't get these moments where it's like, kind of like a bachelorette at the end of Bachelorette, where she's like, ah, I fucked it up. Cute little things like that. You don't get so much anymore. Mm. Um, and this was certainly one of the first that we had. Where it's just like playful, it's an improv, you know, it's coming in the moment. And it just feels like they captured the moment, the spirit of the recording session. And that I really like. I agree. I love, you know, the sort of peek behind the veil into the process of creating this album. And it feels like a, an intimate moment. What's your favorite lyrical moment in this song? Meow. 
That's not an actual lyric. Though. I think it is. Meow, meow, the chicken, meow. It means something meow. you'll never understand. Meow, meow, the chicken, meow. Meow, meow, the chicken. I'm going with divas and cream. Divas and cream? I like divas and cream. Divas and cream. Would you like to dissect the music? Yanta has a cover. Ooh. Mm, here we go. I guess the first thing that really strikes me about this song is how lush it is. Now full. But not not busy. But not, not busy. crowded. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Some might say she's playing with negative space here, but not me. It's so sparse because don't forget, this is a bass song. She's actually letting the bass take the front and center position. Has she ever written a bass song before since this song is predominantly for bass? The bass is the star. Mm-hmm. Plus the snapping. What's your favorite musical moment? The snapping? I do. I mean, I'll go with the fact that she actually does play a little bit of Past the Mission at the mm. beginning. Yeah. Like a reference. Like, yeah. You like that, that shout out? Mm-hmm. That's cool. My favorite musical moment, George Porter vocalizations, I gotta say. Bow, bow, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite vocal moment? Divas and Cream. Um, my favorite musical moment would have to probably be Divas and Cream too, but maybe I also like when she cracks herself up at the end. She's, she loves her own jokes. <gasps> I know someone like that. That's <laughs> Should we take a break? Yep. Okay, let's take a break and play this amazing cover of Amazing Grace. Here's the Novello band doing a cover of Amazing Grace to the tune of House of the Rising Sun. I just think this is great. Thank you. 
Oh, we finally made it to the live section. Can you believe it? It's going to be a doozy. This song has never been performed live. Amazing Grace till the chicken. Well, bok bok the end. Let's talk about the first time Tori Amos performed Amazing Grace, though, that we have on record. It was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on October 5th, 1994. She opened that show with Bad Company, and then she played Amazing Grace, uh, the traditional version, five songs in, after Precious Things, Before Icicle. So let's take a listen to that. Okay, what's your favorite hymn? Where were you when I needed you in my father's church? Okay. I know all the hymns. Come on, come on, come on. Except I do that different. Almighty Fortress! Almighty Fortress is Amazing Grace. In 1996, she performed Amazing Grace four times. She performed it in Portsmouth. performed it a second time on the 96 do drop in tour in den Haag, which is in holland which we do not have a recording for would you like to hear it not after the saying that I'm trying to trip you up you're too quick for me David. i'm on point tonight she also performed it at one of the first shows you ever went to june 29th 1996 the second la show isn't that interesting 
It was and is. Would you like to hear that one? Sure. Sorry we don't have it. And of course, probably the most iconic performance of Amazing Grace, at least in Tori's catalog, is her performance on November 11th, 1996 in Boulder. She performs Amazing Grace with God. And I'm going to play the whole thing because we got time. God, sometimes you just don't go down. God, sometimes you just don't go down. Do you need a woman to look after you? God, sometimes you just don't go down. God, sometimes you just don't go Had it released DDI Boulder already. Seriously. Free Boulder. Free Boulder. We need free Boulder shirts. Oh, we should. Oh, my God. Yes, done. <laughs> um, David has a little story about that night, huh? So we talked about, I think on the Tallulah episode, that someone had the gall to request that she perform Tallulah without the tornado intro. And she did it. But she felt the need to sort of do some, you know, kind. Of, she felt the need to do some kind of acapella intro the way she normally would have. So someone had also requested God. I don't know if anyone requested Amazing Grace. They may have. But the original set list for that final show was very different than what Tori ended up actually performing. And Amazing Grace was listed as the final song. It really? Wouldn't that have been a weird send-off to that entire tour? To end it on Amazing Grace? No, I think the well, way... Well, you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, have we not done this episode? I would have thought that. But since we've done this song today, the last line of Amazing Grace is, as Tori has it, Sweet Grace has appeared and now she'll bring me home. She will bring me home. And what a beautiful way to send off this whole entire cycle where she's become a woman. She really has said this album brought her to into womanhood, Right no longer a girl, and you end this whole harrowing experience, this grueling tour, almost 200 shows, and she's exercising demons, right? And now Grace 
she'll take me home and what a beautiful way to end i guess i mean i get it on paper sure but it's almost like a joke that you have to explain before people get it it requires too much backstory it would have been a total letdown if this this tour hadn't ended with a stunning performance of hey jupiter i mean come on it just had to i mean i agree like musically like you want to end on one of her songs that you love yeah of course i see that but i think metaphorically and maybe that's what she realized between writing it and performing the set list was that oh yeah i gotta end with one of my tunes yeah yeah in 1998, Tori performed the song one time in Burlington, Vermont on November 16th, 1998, and she did it a cappella. She will not perform it again for another 19 years, David, after that performance. Mm. The last time she performed it, 19 years after that, almost to the day, if you can believe that, November 14th, 2017, 19 years later, but for two days, she performs it in New Orleans on this last tour in 2017 in a stunning, like the show was amazing. She had come to the meet and greet, did a silent meet and greet. She was sick. And so she did all her lower register songs. She changed the entire set list. None of the staples were there. She opened with House of the Rising Sun and then sang Bouncing Off Clouds and then me and Bobby McGee and then Tom Bigby into Blood Roses and then Amazing Grace before she did the covers section, which was Love Song and Do It Again. Pardon the appropriate choice of words, but it was amazing to be there. So I was So 
She didn't perform Till the Chicken ever in her life, with the exception of the Pasta Chicken Improv, which we played earlier. Eh, it's not the same thing. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. Well, that's our live section. You know what we haven't said for a big, long part of this episode? George. George. The angels don't know this one. <laughs> Well, the angels might not know this song, but we do now. Mm. I feel secure. Speaking of songs, this is Craig Maddox's remix of Starling Under Us. Oh, we made it. We were afraid of this one. I know. But yeah. we always conquer our fears. We always face our fears. We always face our That's fears. That's what we do yeah. on this show. We face our fears. We had extra retreat snacks for this one. We eat our way through our fears. We eat our way through our fears. We know ourselves. Well, if you like what we do, you can follow us on all our social media at Songs of Toriamus. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also leave a message on our hotline, 323-296-9955. Or if you prefer the old-fashioned way, you can email us, songsoftoriamus at gmail.com. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter on our website, songsoftoriamus.com. And if you really love what we do, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. We still have color chart posters available on our website at songsoftoriamus.com slash store. And we are now on Spotify, so go follow our podcasts there. Rate and review us on iTunes. What else can they do? Listen to Never Shut Up. Listen to Tour All Year. Ugh, I'm glad we're done. What do you think, David? We're not done? I mean, with this episode. I can't wait till the choir girl season. I know. It's going to be lit. That's what the kids say now. It's going to be V-lit. Okay, we'll stop it. It's going to be 100p V-lit AF. Oh, I see. Yeah, I said it. I'm cool. I'm hip. I'm young. Till the little chicken come home. We didn't even talk about chicken hawks. <laughs> Anything else to say, David, before we say goodnight? Eve, I don't want to alarm you. Don't look down. I think there's a frog on your toe. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I did was look down. Where and did I that thought, come from, little scamp? First thing I did was look down. Even though he said not to look down, first thing I did was look down. And then I thought, oh my God, what if he's being serious? It could be something horrible. So I looked right back up and tried to pretend that I had looked down. But now that I know how this and works, I'm going to see where I can go with it. Eve, whatever you do, don't give me your wallet. Ah, oh, I'm compelled. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. As always, we cannot do it without your listenership. So thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.
Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoriamis.com. Wah, bah, 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 b